Hey, Patrick, what'd you do last week? Well, a week ago was my birthday, which was really exciting. I just hung out with the dog and I spent $18,000 on a digital image of a cat. So that's where my life is right now. Happy belated birthday and congrats on your cat. <laughs> Welcome to Trade Offs, where product habits Heaton Shaw and Profit Wells Patrick Campbell discuss tech through a product first mindset to inspire you to think differently. This week, they talk about. Afghanistan. I got to talk about Afghanistan for a second. And I know we don't normally talk about politics and I, I don't expect any response and that's okay. MasterCard. Credit cards. Um, MasterCard is one of the most forward-looking networks out of Visa, Amex, and MasterCard. And NFTs. You're fixated on the lowest price Gary V any NFT right now being $31,000. Um, this is like 9, 10 ETH. What's up, Patrick? What's up, man? Um, I'm a little ranty today. I uh, I've come down from the angry part of the rant, so this will be more like okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna rant just for a second, and it has okay. nothing to do with tech, but I'm in a thoughtful rant or a nihilist rant mode sure. rather than like f everything. I gotta talk about Afghanistan for a second, and okay. I know we don't normally talk about politics, and I I don't expect any response, and that's okay. Or you'll tell me afterwards that if we publish this, I'm gonna ruin my career. So for context, and I'll tell you what I want to talk about with it in a second, or want to rant about you as you know, but everyone else might not. Like I started my career in U.S. intelligence, right? And so I worked at NSA, one of the most fulfilling jobs I ever had. I have a very like nuanced opinion and all the Snowden stuff and everything else because you get context, right? Even though I was like an entry-level Intel analyst, I basically had Jack Ryan's desk job. That's the joke I say. Like none of the cool like action stuff, but like his desk job is, is basically what I did. And like, you know, when you're on the inside, you have a lot of context. And then obviously the outside, you don't get that context because, you know, like obvious reasons, you know, compartmentalization, secrets, all that kind of stuff. So I haven't been in the game for a decade. So it's it's been a long time. And when I watch like what's going on in, you know, Afghanistan, like, you know, I have a little context. I have a little bit of like understanding of like the overarching framework of certain things. And I also have like some very good friends that, you know, we, we don't talk as much because we can't really talk about anything. Cause all I want to talk about is their work and they want to talk about my, and I don't want to talk about my work, but I have some really good friends and I have some really good friends who have very good other friends and both these friends and these friends of the friends have been, and I'm intentionally being vague here, have been okay. instrumental in They've been instrumental in they've, they've been instrumental in like saving people's lives in the current conflict, both on the military side, non-US citizens, you know, people who are our allies, Afghani allies, all these other things. And then obviously people who are also US citizens, both military and civilian, who have been instrumental in like saving American lives and also saving Afghan lives and also, you know, defending, you know, certain things. And and I and so with that context. I don't care. I have opinions. I don't care about the debate over should we have been there or not. I don't. I have opinions and I care, but I don't care necessarily in, in public about once we were there, what should we have done? But I think I mean, you're and talking I need to rant on policy stuff, right? Like that's just yeah. I don't. But yeah, like, so again, I get it. So we're not talking about that. Sure. Yep. And, and there's so much nuance and like, should we have been there in the first place? Sure. Once we yep. were there, what was our moral responsibility to stay or leave or whatever? Yep. I the, the pundits are going to debate this in context. Yep. It's going to be yep. one direction 
Sure. Like both directions could have worked, but they had trade-offs and we chose a certain trade-off. I, I have opinions, but I don't, I, I think though, and what is hurting me and what I have been very emotional about since last night is I had one of the baddest mother effers ever known crying on the phone with me last night because there are people that saved his life and people who saved like lives in theater who have no idea if them and their family are going to get out. And to me, the lesson is this is a huge leadership failure. This is a huge communication failure. And I know like the last guy was shit-tastic and I'm not trying, like, depending on how you view. And I'm not like, it's not a like this one was better than this one, therefore this one's mistake is fine. But like, I just, I want to give a little context to people. Like you have American citizens who are fighting for, maybe you don't agree with this, but they're fighting for freedom or defending freedom because Taliban, I know they're like turning over a new leaf according to our, our our press, but like they're turning over a new leaf in the context of Sharia law and their definition of Sharia law is like the most conservative in the Muslim world. So like they have not shown this history. And so like, yes, I hope that they are different than they were, you know, 20 years ago in the last 10 years of conflict where 60,000, you know, Afghani lives have been lost. Um, I just, it's, it's one of those things where all I want, I want two things. I want someone to stand up and preferably our president and not say, well, the other guy put the plan in place so I can't change anything, which was something that he said. And then also say, hey, I overestimated our Afghani allies army like their abilities and underestimated the Taliban's abilities. But given that I'm going to change the deadline, I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to make sure everyone gets out. Like no one has stood up and said that yet. And now we have people in theater right now or people who know people in theater who have not been communicated with. And, and I'm speaking about them specifically. So maybe there are other communications that they just haven't been communicated with who have no idea if they're going to live or die. And I have colleagues, former colleagues who are, are no longer in the military or are no longer working in U.S. Intel who are basically like considering doing what they had to do post-Iraq and going under no for, no no protection of the flag of the United States and being like, I don't care. I have to go and like defend my my crew. And so it's just it's just an amazing like. So the second thing is I just I, I just I just want the communication to be had with those people. I don't care about the press. I don't care about the, the pissing and ranting on media stuff. I don't care. I just it's grinding my gears because I'm sitting here. And, and honestly, a lot of this is my own anxiety over I'm in a situation with some of these folks where I'm sitting here and I'm like, well, aren't I an a-hole sitting here and having some connection to this and some training? So, you know, I'm not going to be Jason Bourne or anything, but theoretically <laughs> I could get on a, f a freaking plane. Like they're, they're, they're thinking about commercial flights and using their connections to go to Kabul and other parts of Afghanistan under no protection of the flag because the people who are supposed to be protecting them and figuring this out aren't doing anything because, and I, I don't want to speculate why or what's going on, but like, sure. The most cynical in me is like, they know in four weeks, like Americans don't care about foreign policy as much as they should. Like they just, they're just like in four weeks, it'll be some other like debate about some social issue. So like, I, I don't know. It's just, I've had some tears over this. I've had some like anger. I've had some like hard conversations with people who are like literally stuck in Afghanistan right now. Um, and it's just, I don't know, someone stand up and not pass the buck to the former guy who like that, that really hurt. Like, and I don't know if it was a gaffe or not, but like, well, my hands were tied. You're the president of the United States. Your hands are not tied. You can go, you can, and maybe you didn't want to spend the political capital, but that, that means even worse things. And like, I, even then, like I, and I don't, you know, part of me is like the amount of people that I've heard through the grapevine that have been like, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. Like nine months ago, eight months ago, seven months ago, six months ago, like not leaving 
saying like leaving is fine, but the way that we're going to leave is a bad idea. And still this is happening. And then no one's stepping up and being like, hey, we're going to make sure that every American and every ally is going to get taken care of. And if anyone stands in our way, we will use the full force of the United States military and allied military to like take care of things to get them out, not to like come back, but to just get them out. Like, I don't know. I, I, that, that's my rant. And a lot of it's personal. Like I know, and I don't know, it's just, it's so hard. Like, it's just so hard to like, it's so hard for people to, who have, again, just saved people, been so powerful, getting no, it's not even respect, just no help. Anyways. So yeah, that's my rant. This is my therapy is talking to you and our listeners about it. But I just think to me, I was just thinking about it in the state of the podcast, because I, I, I knew I wasn't gonna be able to do the podcast without talking about this. So maybe we cut all of this, maybe we leave it in. But I just was like, it's a, it's a really good lesson in like, if something's messed up and you're getting a lot of pushback, you don't have to say it's the wrong decision, but you can say the way this is happening or the way the communication was happening is messed up. Let's fix it. That type of thing. So end rant. We can just move on unless you have any thoughts, but that's, that's kind of where I'm at and I'm struggling with it right now. You're talking about people who are able to control things in their lives Hmm. that find ways to control things that are uncontrollable. And you're basically Hmm. saying that those people want to control this thing because they are able to control the uncontrollable. The humanity in that is strong. That's what matters. So yeah, all the things you said about, you know, that dovetail on politics or foreign policy. I mean, the reason we stay out of it is because like that's that's someone's personal opinion, you know, and like there's going to be lots of opinions on every topic when it comes to the government and politics and foreign policy and all these things that are happening in the world. They're freaking insane. And the Hmm. speed of information is insane. The accuracy accuracy of it is debatable. And so when I think about your friends and what you're sharing, like, I just go back to control. Mm. And I think that, again, it's humanity. It's admirable. It's uh, it's got all those qualities. And in terms of the communication side of it, oh, man, like our current president tends to be a decent, if not good communicator. He isn't the Bushes. I think the Bushes have been good from what I've heard from people. And again, not trying to have opinions about politics, but at the end of the day, I think they communicate well. Clinton did. Obama did. Biden's not in that camp. He's not as good as them. Sure. That being said, like, I don't understand why he didn't invite Elon Musk over and Tesla for that little electric thing they did. That makes no sense to me at all whatsoever. So Mm. that's the, just to give you a take as an observer, that's That's when I knew like the guy's influenced in ways that don't make any logical sense when I thought this was a logical human being like Obama. I really did. And I'm not seeing that in a consistent way that we did Mm. at least from a decision making it i'm not even talking about politics it's simply are they gonna do what they say they're gonna do and when they make a mistake do they admit it when it's actually a mistake and do they dance around it or are they just clear it doesn't mean i agree with everything mm. Obama said or anything like that. I'm not saying I do or sure, I don't. Sure, it doesn't sure. matter. Because I really don't get into this. I don't even talk about this stuff to anybody. I know because yeah. it's just a topic I'm not interested in. Because everyone's got their opinions and mine is pretty like objective and pragmatic. And that's not what politics is about. So my brain doesn't wrap itself around it super well. Even what you're saying, like, on one hand, I want to, again, all I got is humanity and the admiration for folks yeah. who are willing to do things that are hard to control in a way that yeah. they could control it, right? And like, these are people that are used to doing that in many different ways and so totally get it the only but i have is like are they really going to be able to control this situation in a way that they'd like to in order to help the people they want to help i don't know Mm. and again i don't say that in any way shape or form of trying to tell people what to do but that's what comes to mind for me and in terms of communication yeah dude this guy he's not as clear as 
I would have hoped he would yeah. be and what I was expecting in, in a lot of ways. And campaigning, I think he was more clear. Um, in some ways, Trump is more clear than him. Um, yeah. In other ways, Trump is Trump and was Trump. <laughs> Um, but like we're still Good. talking about him, which I think is part of the problem. But that's a whole different well, story. Kinda, I just think so, it was it was great to go to a boring president unless something major happened. <laughs> like I think that's that's yeah. That's and a Biden's that Biden's thinking. pretty yeah. boring, but like think about his allegiance yeah. to Ford. Just think about that for yeah. for a second. Well, that's right. It's like you know, wait, f- man, yeah. what the heck are you doing? And I'm I love Tesla. I'm an Elon Musk fan, and I'll say it. That's not why I'm saying this. I'm saying this because there's objective, pragmatic, logical things, rational things that this man is not doing. And like that scares me. Because then the question is, is he any better than the last guy when it really boils down to it? And I don't mean to say that in any like super aggressive way, except like, is he better? Is he better? Well, what's kind of funny is like... The, the the parallels and we should move off this at some point because we're we're getting dangerous into like the political aspect of, of this. Um, yeah. The other the other model I kind of thought of in the context of this was I think John Mulaney, a comedian, said Trump's like a horse in the hospital. He it's like you're like there's a horse in the hospital. We never thought this would happen. And then the horse is just like running around doing crazy. Like, so the metaphor is what a horse does. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, what is happening? But you can't keep your eyes off it because there's a horse in a hospital, right? So what what, what was interesting when I thought of this and doesn't perfectly go with the metaphor because that was a weird metaphor. It was like Trump, like nefarious, not everyone's going to have their own opinion. The the one thing that I I read through the Mueller report because I was like, everyone's saying these things. Like I actually want to read like the source material. And what it seemed like is Trump's kind of all over the place, wanted to do some things that weren't right, wanted to do some things that were fine, but maybe you don't agree with. But no one around him let him do it. Like very few people, they either quit or they said no. And then Trump just forgot about it, moved on to the next thing. And it's almost like we have a very similar situation, but the people around Biden have more influence where it's like he they're, you know, they're doing this and like what Blinken has been saying in the context of Afghanistan. So it's almost like we have the exact same structure. It's just we have less controversial things that people can have more influence over around the president. I don't know. It's it's interesting because you always see like because it's not like the president's one person, right? Like they can wield power on certain decisions or like if they want to prioritize something, they can. But every administration is a little bit different on like how that group works. Sometimes it's very top down. Sometimes it's like the people, the small group is making all decisions. Sometimes the cabinet has a lot of latitude. And it seems like with Trump, it was kind of like all these layers of insulation preventing major, you know, things that he wanted to do that were illegal or wrong wouldn't let him do it. And then here, it's almost like we don't have any insulation, but the, the wider group around Biden's allowed to kind of do it. I don't want to say what they want, but there, there's not as much like top down, which again, is depending on the agenda, like personally, like maybe that's good, maybe it's bad. I don't know. But it's 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 been interesting and just some of the rhetoric coming out. And, and I just know like the, the folks I know um, and the folks they know are like, there's there's the chain of command and the chain of communication is just screwed. Like there's no like, the State Department's telling them not to call, but they're not hearing anything. So it's kind of like one of these things where like it could have been it was going to be bad regardless, but did it have to be this bad? And I don't know, in four weeks, no one's going to care, but some of these people are going to die. And I hope it's not the people I know. I hope it's no one. But like, it's just it's tough, man. It's super tough. And the funny thing is to kind of bring this to a negotiation thing as well is like <laughs> they're talking about extending the deadline from next Monday, the 31st. And the Taliban was like, no, that's a red line. So now we're in this situation where like, if we do want to extend it, it almost could increase body counts just by the nature of extending it. 
or we have to like buy off this group that's TBD, whether they're going to be, you know, helpful to us or not. So I don't know. It's just a, it's a very crappy situation that I just wish there was better communication and just better leadership, um, regardless of the outcome. You don't get to take things like this back. So these delays and stuff, like that's true. you don't get to take things like this back. Like you don't get to take things like this back. And so, I just love, I love how like there's a really good thread and it was like a, someone who has not shown their like political allegiances. They're more of like an issue oriented person. And they, sh they had a thread that started in January and it basically was like every update or ask about the 18,000 interpreters that we used, the Afghani interpreter, like the interpreters, every update, Hey, this deadline's coming. How are we doing with these visas? This special visa program. Hey, it's coming May, June, July. All of a sudden it's like, a rush and it's kind of like oh we didn't know it's like no, no everyone knew like secretary of state was on record everyone's on the record i don't know if biden was on the record about that specifically but it's like i just and part of this is also like whether you agree with trump or not you kind of we all kind of assumed that that was going to be a crap show just just from the beginning we knew this is going to be a wild ride ups downs everything i just didn't expect this out of this this administration i guess i expected mistakes like that's fine i just didn't expect like this bad of communication, I guess, um, which that also makes it hurt more. So, and I'm also, this is a very personal thing right now. So that's obviously sucks. You nothing, want to talk about OnlyFans? No, nothing to add. <laughs> nothing, nothing to add beyond what I have. I think, again. Yeah, I got you. You're this, good. This Thank is, you for letting this me is, this is, Of course, this is just, I still come back to it. You're talking about a group of people who can control the uncontrollable. And so they're going to go have wild ideas on how to do that. And some of them might go try it, right? Yeah. And, there's a lot of humanity in that, though, um, and I'll just keep coming back to that because, like, that's all we got at the end of the day, right, is our humanity yeah. and what we do like for that. others and kind of how we think about it. And so, yeah, there's, it's a – All right. I almost want to say it's a dangerous group to, to say, hey, you can't do anything about this because that's just never going to be their response back. In fact, like, mm. I share similar qualities where if someone tells me, not I can't do it, but you can't do anything about this that my first reaction is no, you're wrong. So who are you saying? Who's the group you're referring to in this? Who are the, who are the, uh, the group of friends that you have, the people who are actually on the ground have been on the ground or have been doing intelligence work or whatever it may be that know yeah. that there are things that are controllable that most people think can't be controlled, right? Like going and saving yeah. lives. That's usually an uncontrollable thing. That's something you don't yeah. control, but these people are used to doing that. Right. And so they're going to go for all these kinds of options when they're really upset, when they're pissed off, when they think that something's been done wrong. Mm. Right. So I think like, if this is really rampant, there's going to be a bunch of fallout from this and people are just not going to like, yeah, have the same feelings about leadership and well and the I think what happens things is, like that I think the most realistic thing because there's 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 thousands of people getting shipped out each day now because the airport's back open I think I think the Americans get out anyone who's an American who wants to get out they're gonna get out it's gonna have a lot of anxiety the past like three weeks probably the last couple months because that's the other thing like if the Americans want to get out just tell them like to give them a guarantee, like give them a guarantee. Hey, we're going to take care of you. We're going to make sure like a doc, like good bedside manner. They're not even, they didn't get any of that either. Cause this was such a botched exit. Um, 
I just don't think they they thought. I think they someone dropped the ball on some of the like on the ground communications. But they, I think the Americans get out. I think what ends up happening is, it's my prediction. I think what ends up happening is there's a lot of allies. So all the allies like the Allied forces get out, but the allies in terms of the Afghani allies, all of them don't get out. There's going to be some some fallout because there already has been some fallout where people who have supported us or supported the efforts are, you know, there's some that are getting beaten or killed right now. But I think what ends up happening is those don't get out. There's going to be some fallout, but that fallout is then just used politically, meaning like we kind of don't care about it. Americans don't care about it like after a certain point because we don't really care about foreign policy that much. The people are connected to it, care about it, and then like there's going to be some fallout um, because it'll be brought up in the midterms or the next election or whatever, but it's it's not going to be – it's not going to be as a pure context. It's gonna, like I don't know if these people are going to bring it up politically or actually going to care. Yeah, um, yeah, as yeah. Much. That, that, it's going to be that. more of a bullet. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I it's there's probably going to be some fallout from a foreign policy perspective, and that's what I worry about. Like at night, about yeah, I worry about these things at night. That's that's my that's my mo. But uh, there's going to be like if I was Taiwan, I'd be worried, or I'd want some assurances. And and they have a direct line, so I'm sure those conversations are happening, which is good, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We will see. Anyways, let's talk about OnlyFans. Hard transition. So I, I was I was right on the last episode about their GMV being like five billion, it's and wild. their revenue being like a billion. Wild. So they have the market for sure. I don't yeah. know how big the market is, but they have a significant chunk of that market. Yeah, I wonder. Like sizing that market's got to be weird, right? Because it's not just because like there's the adult industry, and then there's this sub part of it, I guess. I don't know. The other, the interesting thing though that you shared with me that I wanted to bring up is like we were. It's not that we were wrong, but a missing detail. Everyone was publishing about the investors, and we kind of like avoided that because I don't think that's. I never thought that that was the core. We talked a little bit about mainstream. One big effort, and you shared this with me originally, was the Mastercard issue. So, for those of you who don't know about credit cards, um, Mastercard is one of the most forward-looking networks out of Visa, Amex, and MasterCard, meaning like they typically put the rules in first. So they were the first ones to put a rule in about if you're a subscription e-commerce product, you have to (coughs) send an email that confirms that the charge is about to happen to the person before you actually do the charge. Um, They did some trial stuff that they turned over that was that like didn't go over well, so they stopped doing it. But they always do things first. And the thing that you shared with me was that they were going to basically sh- sounds like shut off um, OnlyFans because of the more risque or the more hardcore content, and this was really what drove the move. And is that did I get that thread mostly right? I know they share. A yeah, lot that's more, mostly but. right. And they had a deadline, and it was not a deadline about OnlyFans. It was a deadline about what Mastercard's not willing to accept anymore, which is such a yeah. big deal because it's Mastercard, right? And yeah. and the theory in the th- thread is that Visa is going to follow along, and so will Amex. Yep. Um, and so in a way, it's like if you want to risk your $5 billion in GMV and whatever percentage is MasterCard kind of revenue, then you can continue yeah. down the path that you're going on. If you don't want to risk that, you're going to have to make some serious changes to your business. So it turns out this I'm is actually much more really in, bullish in your wheelhouse this. than we thought, actually. <laughs> I know. I'm actually really Pricing, bullish on credit this cards, studying, all the good stuff. I know. Yeah. It's all I think about. Yeah. I'm actually really <laughs> bullish on this because the the whole like... No one, you know, 
actually, this might be a good title to a post I should write, Instagram with nipples. Uh, I think that's that's really like where this is headed. And I think that I they have not come out with the clear guidelines. It feels like the obvious like the obvious things are gonna be like, I don't know what's on OnlyFans right now, but like the harder core of stuff, it might be like actual air course happening. That stuff might get pushed off. I can't imagine that's the majority of that five billion. Like at worst, maybe it's half, and the other half is like again Instagram with nipples, and then I don't know. I doubt it's that much that's going to have to actually get kicked off the platform. You're probably right, but you know, just like the thing we just talked about, I think there's just so much information that get flies ar- that flies around so fast that mm-hmm. might not be as accurate, and then we, we all talk about it, make judgments, or you know, start giving our opinions about it more so than even just making judgments. Everyone's just giving their opinion, whether they're judging or not, is not relevant. Yeah, uh, and now it you know comes out that hey. It's actually MasterCard putting this pressure on that caused OnlyFans to do this. And that's the likely reasoning and scenario, which kind of puts a whole different perspective on it. It, it gives a lot yeah. of a lot of people that have been cri- more critical, hopefully some pause to think through, well, hmm. this is a platform. It's a platform at scale. And one of the providers that they rely on for one of the most important things, if not the most important thing, which is revenue that also the, their customers rely on. Both sides, right? The fans as well as the only part, if you want to call it that. What are you going to do? You you have no choice. Mm-hmm. You literally have no choice unless you want to risk 100% of that MasterCard revenue, which I assume yeah. is like more than 50% of their revenue is my guess. It probably doesn't need to even be 50% like for this to make Oh, oh, oh yeah. It doesn't have to be that high to, to get worried about it because it's a significant, even if it's 20, 30%, which is likely, highly likely it's, it's 20, 30%, right? Yeah. That's a problem. And then what happens with PayPal plus MasterCard? So if I go to PayPal, I have my MasterCard in PayPal and I pay with PayPal, what happens, right? There's some complexities here. And now that the way these billing systems work and the way payment works is like kind of obfuscated potentially. So I think this is MasterCard might be the one that's actually opening up a major can of worms here. Because, because here's the question. Does that mean someone can't go in an adult store? And buy something and swipe with MasterCard again. Well, it probably I, depends. I, I, I'm I, the answer. Yeah, the answer is probably no, right? But well, are we go, are we going there? Well, this gets into some weird stuff too, because PayPal. When when these start getting so, so so the funny thing is is like if something isn't completely banned, right? So like if MasterCard was like, hey, anything to do with like the adult entertainment industry, no. Right. And they've done this with like cannabis and with some other things like they've done it before. Sure. Yeah. But as, as soon as it's like only certain aspects, this is where you start of to get great this stuff. category. Yeah, because I think they can go into the adult film store and do it. But theoretically, if they bought a DVD of certain types of content, then it would be no, but they're not going to be able to regulate on that level. Right. Like, so that's, that's where it gets interesting. Cause this, the PayPal thing, I know David Sachs wrote something about this. It was, it, it got a little political, right? Because they said something about like hate groups or something like that, which we all look at. And we're like, yeah, okay. That makes it like, yeah, I don't want the KKK, like screw them, you know? But then we're like, well, who defines hate? What is hate? You know, that type. And that's when things get a little weird, right? Because there's always going to be a gray area where there's someone who shouldn't probably be banned who we don't like, because they're saying crazy stuff, but they shouldn't be banned, but then they get banned, right? And and this goes into like ACLU stuff of the past and stuff like that. So it, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. I, I feel like 
And then so they're a private I, company, so they can technically do what they want. But like, yeah, I got this letter. I got this letter in, in the mail the other day, and it's a letter from Wells Fargo, and they basically said I cannot buy crypto with their debit card. Interesting. I did it once. I did it just once few months ago oh so that so this was like a not like a hey you're a customer we're just letting you know this is like we saw you do this i did it once interesting and they just sent me this reminder that hey you're not allowed to so now they're telling me what i can do with my money yeah that they sit on for me and i am literally almost a lifelong wells fargo customer we bank with other banks too yeah but lifelong wells fargo die hard like i like wells fargo other people have opinions but they've always been good to me yeah since like childhood when my dad got me my first bank account. This is but here's here, here's the deal though. They just sent me this letter saying I can't do <laughs> something the really simple with, with my money. Like you're like, hey, you're just supposed to be the pipes, and now you're telling me an opinion but, of what I on. do with the pipes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what are you gonna do if I keep doing that, Wells Fargo? What are you gonna do? Yeah, what's you gonna the send me another letter? Right? What are you gonna do? You gonna send me another letter? You gonna bl- block <sighs> my transactions now? You gonna put a flag on my account? All I did was spend a couple grand on crypto because that was the fastest way yeah. for me to get it at that time for what I was trying to do. Usually, I wouldn't. It's have also, used like that. you took the fee from this transaction too, by the way. Do you? Yeah, like it's kind of funny. Yeah. What do you but want from me, it, right? But this is the this is the larger question around YouTube censorship. This is like it all like it's kind of it's an interesting question because and this is also like. I think that these companies get into a place where they they get pressure from different places, right? Like crypto, they probably got pressure from their, their, well, one, their traditional finance, but there's probably some pressure of like their legal departments, like, I don't know, we're not going to know how to like deal with this. So like, can we not do it? And we should send letters and stuff. And then all of a sudden it's like, they end up causing the thing that they're trying to prevent. So crypto decentralization will kill them. If they keep doing stuff like this, right? Because everyone's going to be like, why? This doesn't make any sense. YouTube, they're going to go off platform if that ratchet of what is not allowed just gets too high and too many gray things get, you know, banned because then it's going to be like, well, I don't, I don't want, this doesn't make sense to me. Right. So I don't know. It's interesting. That's fascinating. Here's here's the deal. I basically um, thought about this and then dude, Visa bought an NFT. I know. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Wells Fargo will allow it once Visa and once everyone else is like, oh, yeah, we're cool with this. I'm sure Wells Fargo will be like, okay, we're cool with it. Like, that's just how it happens, right? Like, that's interesting. Yeah, the Visa NFT, what, the Wells Fargo thing or the Visa thing? Wells Fargo thing. I mean, Visa thing, like, until Visa says why they did it, we don't know why they did it. We just know they bought an NFT. Then they bought a cyberpunk of all NFTs, of course. What, what What will be funny is... Here's here's an interesting forcing, crypto forcing punk, function. Sorry. Yeah, is like we can bu- we can hide we can speculate that Wells Fargo is like we don't know what to do with this, so for now we're not going to do it, right? Like we can speculate, you know, it's not an unreasonable claim. What if they were like, you can't use our credit card to buy a gun? Then that gets super interesting. Like, or if they're like, we shouldn't let the we're not going to allow the KKK to use our services. You're like, eh, okay, fine. But then you get into some controversial, and then it's like, well, you're not allowed. I don't know church or the democratic party or the republican party or like whatever like pick your thing you know i don't know it just gets do you think they can go that far i think they can't go that far because they kind of know that that'll cause things to like rise up or off platform like they'll 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 kill themselves in the sense that someone will go to a different product but patreon did this and patreon had a pretty great definition of what they would or would not allow 
and it didn't really hurt them. I mean, Sam Harris left. Some other like non-controversial figures left out of, you know, principle, but it didn't really affect their growth. I don't know. And they don't know either, right? Nobody knows yeah. anymore. And the crypto thing is very like hitting folks like Wells Fargo right where it hurts, right? Hmm. So I'm not sure if guns and other things hit them where it hurts, except I'm sure there's hundreds of millions of dollars in transactions every year, if not every month related to guns that they are yeah. processing guaranteed. And, and Wells Fargo probably has a bunch of gun companies and things like that as customers. So yeah. it, it's kind of a really weird, interesting thing because even the crypto companies have had challenges with banks continuously. Yeah. Right. And it's because the stuff is not properly regulated, I'll call it, but the whole point yeah. of it is not to be regulated. Right. Um, so I, I, I think there's too many complexities with how mm. fast the world is changing and yeah. what we've all enabled uh, with all these things that are happening. Like I can move money around hundreds of thousands of dollars and spend 30 cents to move that money around. Right. Or okay, fine. Except a couple bucks. Patrick. I was going to say gas fee. Yeah, a couple bucks. Gas fine. A couple crazy, bucks. Fine. Right? Gas fees. So like a couple bucks, but it's still way less than what it would cost with other yeah. methods that we're used to, especially with that amount. And more importantly, it's faster. Yeah. And moving in the speed of money transfer is actually probably one of the biggest things that crypto enables. And, and thus, like this whole idea of like NFTs now and everyone buying JPEGs, like it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely like scary for so many companies and so many, so many like, it's just scary, period. Like we're buying yeah. these digital things that are little images and spending tens of thousands of dollars on them, if not hundreds in some cases. What is going on? Let's uh, let's transition to that topic. So you and I both both. Uh, I don't know if you had some previously, but I I jumped in for the I, first. I've time. had some. I've had some. Yeah. Okay. We both bought expensive cat images. <laughs> yeah. I so I texted Jenny like last week because I started to like look into this, and we have a couple guys at the office who are like deep, like they're on the discords all day and they're yep. like doing a bunch of stuff, but um. I texted her and I did this intentionally, like aggressively. I was like, hey, so I want to use a bunch of our crypto to buy a cartoon ape uh, image. It's just the image. Uh, probably costs like a down payment on the house, but our crypto, like, so we, I had crypto early and I just have never sold. So like, it's, it's not like I'm like taking cash and putting it into this, although there's nothing wrong with that, I guess. But anyways, that's my Midwest. Like I'm not spending money, like, you know, that, that type of thing. But yeah. And I said, and then I told her Sunday, cause I bought this, this gutter cat, you and I are now part of the gutter cat gang. I said, I just bought a JPEG of a cat that costs as much as a car. Just FYI. <laughs> so she's like, what is going on? And I was like, don't worry about it. It's fine. So, but yeah, NFTs, like the way I look at it, and we're I'm very new to this, is like, I thought it was just the JPEG. Right now, at least, it's a community, which is kind of fascinating. Um, there are Discord channels for each of these like groups. Um, there are artists who are like making digital art and selling it. So that is something that's happening. And there's some companies working on displays for that. But these like things you're seeing in Twitter profiles of apes, robots, punks, which are just very pixelated punk looking people, cats. Basically, there's these these this group who mints them. They create 3,000 of them or 10,000 of them, whatever the number is. And then they 
give them to you or sell them for very cheap. And then over time, the group becomes more popular and more people want to get into the group. And then the price basically of those JPEGs <laughs> gets more expensive. But then there's merch. There's a bunch of like stuff going on in the Discord. There's projects. There's a comic book coming out with the Gutter Cat Gang. There's a bunch of little stuff that's happening. And so what I'm saying is my previous conception was like, what is this stupid digital art? And now I'm like, oh, there's this huge community around it that probably is part, hey, we want this to succeed because we make money if it does. And it's part like we're looking for some sort of belonging or some sort of community, basically. That's my take so far. Um, it's been a week that I've been involved with this. But yeah, what's your what's your vibe? What's your take? Gary V. That guy. He is the canary in the coal mine when it comes to anything social media. And once he kind of started getting into it, it was kind of game over. And I don't mean Interesting. that. I don't mean that in terms of game over. I mean that in terms of game over of the earliest of earliest days of this stuff. The reason mm -hmm. is if you go back and again, I'm going to date myself, but if you go back and just look at videos of Gary V talking about social media and dig.com and Reddit mm -hmm. and Instagram and these things, he is right 100% of the time. He's not right 50% of the time. He's right 100% of the time about the way that these things sit in people's minds and the way that they're going to grow. He has been right on the dot every time. What he's saying now is when it comes to these NFTs, it's essentially what you said. It has to do with affinity. And it has to do with us wanting a sense of belonging and community. And so you're totally right. We are part of this, you called it a cult when you kind of tweeted about it. I joked. True. To any no, gutter cats cool, listening, like, it was a joke. You just spent a bunch of money on something that's scarce that a whole bunch of other people are talking about. And one of the reasons you bought that thing is because a whole bunch of people are talking about it, right? And then they're going to talk about it more when the price goes up. No one's going to say anything if it goes down, right? No. And there's probably like 10 or 20 projects, maybe more now, but like 10 or 20 that are likely to go up and you want to index a little bit and get in on those or you want to pick one that you like and get in on it if you have some play money, so to speak. And yeah. if you bought Ethereum at a low price, you have play money. If you've made some money and you want to play with it and put it here and gamble uh, to some extent, you can do that. But at the end of the day, you're joining a group of people with essentially a common interest. And mm. Gary basically recently kind of went out and kind of said that and explained it. And so I believe we're at the early stages, but it's game over at the earliest stages because someone like Gary is out there literally now every day, for lack of a better word, shilling this. And I don't mean that in any negative way, except yeah. he's shilling it. He's got his own NFT. He's got a whole plan around it. He's buying a bunch of them. Yeah. He, I'm sure he made a lot of money and a lot of Ethereum to play with. And so he's playing with it. He's even giving away some things he minted, some items that he collected. Uh, I just saw a tweet recently about him doing that. So you kind of have a social media powerhouse, for lack of a better word, and the canary in the coal mine saying, hey, this is a thing and it's going to be a thing and here's why. And I don't think we can ignore that anymore. It's kind of interesting that like, I like what you said about Gary because I think 
it's it I kind of judge people based on how they view Gary, not completely, but I do judge like it's funny how like he he's easy to kind of not like because he's loud and like obnoxious. And he talks about crushing it and he like plays the game really really well to to the audience he seeks, right? Like to the audience he seeks is really good. But like Absolutely. if you're a little if you're a little more cynical, if you're a little more like, you know, I don't know how to describe it. Like you're kind of like, what is this guy? He seems like a D bag. Right. But I always recommend, I'm like, you should listen to Gary V. Like you don't have to like go to garage sales and flip stuff and all other stuff. But like, as he says, watch what he does, not necessarily what he says all the time. And if you watch what he's doing, he's like really interesting to like follow. And this is part of the reason we started like exploring video was, you know, yeah, it became like once we get all the data and once we did all the research, it was like, oh, we need to do media company style content rather than inbound style content and all this other stuff. But it was really just like Gary, like early on, like the, the what led us down that path is Gary talking about videos, the future, videos, the future, podcasting, all this other stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I did the research and validated and stuff. But like, I do, I, I did like what you said about like, he's, he's right a hundred percent of the time. Like some of the details he gets wrong, but about a hundred percent of the time he is, is right. So when it comes to social media and the canary and coal mine saying, Hey, everybody look here. This is where the gold is. Yeah. He's always right. Never been wrong on this. And and this is over like a decade and a half, like, like, like a dozen years plus, like not like a little bit of time, very consistent yeah. for, for quite a bit of time. I want to almost say since I've seen him almost 15, 18 years, like quite some time in human time and like, wow, like he's been right. And so I think he's right about this. Where that goes and yeah. what that means, I don't know yet. We're in, we're we're in the hype. Yeah. We're in the hysteria. We're in the past the early adopter phase into the kind of not even early adopt innovators. So these people who are like crazies trying to do this stuff all the way to all of a sudden we're in this like early adopter phase where like people are buying these for the, and they're buying them for the first time and they're buying yeah. their first one, right? And it's like a big thing. So we're just getting started. And when you look at all the numbers on OpenSea, which is the platform where a lot of these sit, most of these sit, and a bunch of other sites like that, like the marketplaces are thriving. There's, you know, like these apes that are worth lots of money and then these punks that are worth a bunch of money and a bunch of the derivatives. And then, you know, I, I tried to mess with one this morning and in 17 minutes, 888 of them sold out. Before I could mm. even move my money around, they sold out. What's kind of funny, so one, the buying experience is atrocious the first time. Oh, please do don't it. get me started. Yeah. Oh my God. Cause so for those of you who don't know, so, so first I think what we just established is if you're fixated on the lowest price Gary V any NFT right now being $31,000, um, it's just like nine, 10 ETH. That's the wrong way to think about it. Yes. Like the entry price, if you haven't been into crypto and stuff is, is going to be high for some of, some of these, it'll be very low if you get it on the ground floor, but like, that's not the thing to fixate on. <laughs> the thing to fixate on is like the community aspect. Cause like the V friends thing, he drew them all and he's not an artist. Like he just kind of drew all these like and named them. It's more about the social aspect that when you buy one of these, you hook up like a Coinbase account to a wallet and a wallet is basically the, the interface that you like sign in with and transfer the cash to approve the purchase of the, of the, 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 the NFT essentially. Is that, simple enough or is that too simple of an explanation no it's it's pretty accurate like yeah super accurate i mean we're we're in a hype cycle right and we yeah. just don't know where we are on it and we never know when you're in a hype cycle where you are on it 
this yeah. canary in a coal mine thing is real. Uh, it's not. It's it's not something that I would not pay attention to. Visa buying these these things. I mean, there's 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 a groundswell happening, and uh, and it's also crypto related. So all the crypto prices going up and down impact this greatly uh, yeah. as well. Are we in a bull market? Are we in a bear market? Blah blah blah. For me, like just like you owned coin for quite some time. More recently this year, really just as a hobby because I needed a distraction from work, uh, started digging into it. And, oh, my God, like you're so right about the friction and the hoops you have to jump through, especially if you want to start getting more sophisticated and doing more sophisticated things. But this is really fascinating. It, it, it's becoming like like something where a lot of our reality from the last 40 years since I've been alive is now completely digital. Yeah. Like Beanie what Babies. What is kind of... There's no more Beanie Babies in the physical world in the same way anymore. I mean, it is digital. We are yeah. in this space now and we have the currency to trade these things and the marketplaces exist now. Like, it's ridiculous. And a very small percentage of the world has mm. crypto and is, on top of that, buying NFTs on top of that. So crypto is one thing. NFTs are the next level, I would say. And the middle layer is still not set up yet. Web three or whatever they call it. Like I've been playing with those APIs um, with some friends and stuff for, for months now. And like, whew, we have a long way to go to make that stuff super seamless. Anyone though, that's listening and wants to kind of mess around with this stuff. I actually recommend Coinbase and their wallet. It's not available in every, every spot. Uh, but MetaMask yeah. is the other option, which is available in other spots, but is very, very clunky at this point. I didn't oh think that gosh. months ago. But it's it like so the worst buggy. of the worst. It's so hard to buy with it now. Um, it's what everyone's using, but Coinbase. I use Coinbase because I just I tr it's a trust thing. I just kind of trust it, and then you know they're a public company. I trust them not to like screw this up yeah. entirely. And yeah, yeah. so, and the they, one thing they literally I, have their security down like more than yeah. most companies. So the one thing I've been explaining to people just in the past like week where they've been trying, and I don't understand all of this fully, obviously. The gateway, I think, for a lot of people, um, you've seen Zed, right? The the horse racing, um, yeah, kind of setup. So Zed is basically a, again, it's like it's it's these NFTs, but with a purpose, I guess. So basically, what this company did is they put horse racing online. So you can they released a bunch of the horses, the digital horses at first. And then what ended up happening is, is like some of the horses statistically like do X or Y, and then there's breeding. There's actual breeding of these digital horses, which is kind of crazy. And there's stud fees and all this other stuff. So they kind of took horse racing and they put it online in the context of NFTs. And people bet on the races if your horse went. Like there's a lot of stuff that goes on. And so that's kind of like a way I've been trying to explain with people from a gateway perspective. And they also have actual videos of the races. So it's kind of like, you kind of look at it as like a video game, but then there's other folks like what we did this weekend where we joined the gutter cat gang where the purpose is just the community. Like there's no, like, like we can't use our so, digital JPEGs so for think, anything. Really. I think there's a thing with them too, if I'm not mistaken. So most of these have something layered on top and they share kind of their roadmap. So like, yeah. I think you bought a merch bundle too, if I'm not mistaken. I did. Um, yeah, so yeah, the yeah. idea is that that there are things that we're going to be able to do with it and we'll see what that looks like. Like they have a whole roadmap where all these- But it's like these, our membership card, um, basically. NFTs. Yeah, it's like your membership. Like VFriend, 
from Gary V. If you have his NFT, you're able to go to his uh, conference or meetup mm-hmm. or whatever you call it. Uh, I forgot what it's called, but uh, there, there there is some purpose. I, I know that's not what people recognize. And early on, I didn't. There were I, I I didn't see a purpose. There were a lot of these that were just thrown out there with no deeper purpose. But I think that with the gutter cats, um, there's going to be a bunch of stuff like randomly selected gutter cat owners will receive custom frame prints of their gutter cat when yeah, 50% yeah, yeah. are a sellout. And I think they're all sold out, if I'm not mistaken. 75% yep. inclusive gutter cat merch line, which is kind of what they already dropped. 100% and there'll be some, a limited comic book will be created. So, I mean, they're, the guys, they're, they're trying, right? One of our sales guys, he was chosen as one of the authors for the comic book. So that's in the works, cool. right? So it's like, but again, it's like, what I meant more is like, there's not, it's it's a true community in the sense of like, and, and I think the purpose is the community too, which is kind of cool. Like, what do we make of this? And like, oh, we're going to do this. Like, I think the gutter cats will vote, that kind of thing. And like, oh, we want to do this. And it, it's going to be interesting because there's definitely people speculating, right? Like the people who speculated, that's who we technically bought ours from because we weren't there at the original creation. But I do think it's kind of interesting, like how this evolves just over time. We get to all watch this, whether you participate or not, you can watch, right? Yeah. It's, it's it's some of the most active content on Twitter today, right or wrong. Many folks are probably sitting here like, I just want to ignore it and I'm going to mute all NFT things, which is great. You should do that if that's what you want to do. But this is a, this is the new social media. That's the way I'll throw what? it down. Yeah. 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 Well, it's going to create these like sub community. And this is where the metaverse conversation has kind of come in, which I recommend everyone should read Snow Crash. Uh, so Snow Crash is the, I'm pretty sure the author coined the term metaverse. It's a science fiction novel. It's pretty like, I think the world is more interesting than the story, but you can't really learn about the world unless you read the story, obviously. But um, it was written in the 90s. It's getting a couple of references with the metaverse conversations. But I think what I really like about this is like, because you remember everyone was talking about community, right? Like people starting Slack channels, these types of things. I think this is a stronger way to start a community. I don't know how to apply it to business quite yet because like I was thinking, cause when Charles, um, one of the sales guys in the office, like I had lunch with him and he just explained, this was my gateway. So he explained everything and he's been in the gutter cats for a while. He's got an ape, all that kind of stuff. I was, I was asking him, I was like, how, like, could we do this for like a profitable community? Like we mint 3000 whatever's and we add people and he's like, yeah, you could. And I was like, yeah, but most of the people that make sense to add to our community don't know what NFTs are. <laughs> so like, it's just one of those things. I think, I, I think there's an application over time where this could actually create really strong communities. It just has to, we have to figure out the positioning and it probably will take decades, but we'll get there. We'll have some fun in the meantime. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's good to at least have some knowledge of this stuff, especially because it's going mainstream and now it's getting in, written up in publications and stuff. And yeah. I don't think that's going to stop for a while. I don't think this is one of those like flash in the pan situations. I'm sure yeah. it'll go up and down and there'll be some sort of low points, but and there already have been. But this crypto thing's not going away. This NFT thing's not going away. And it's going to be a reality we're looking at for quite some time. And I just really can't wait till the user experience is really good. It's just yeah. all these weird acronyms and words, things that like people don't understand. And again, I can't got to give a major shout out to Coinbase for like doing their best to make this stuff much more approachable. I think somewhere between Coinbase and Robinhood lies the solution, depending on who decides to kind of go after some of this stuff a lot more. Yeah. I don't know. I just would encourage everyone to check it out just to learn a little bit more. 
Because there's a chance this doesn't go anywhere. I think it's going to go. So there's a chance. Sorry, I think it's going to continue. There's a chance this doesn't go mainstream or get bigger and bigger. Although Gary does have a good track record, so we'll see. But I, I think it's it's interesting to be aware, especially with the youth, because <laughs> this is going to be more and more amongst the youth. I yeah. mean, they're they're all making money off these things and are pretty savvy about figuring out how they can do that. And like that's definitely going to perk everyone's interest. It already put Perk Visa's interest. So, hey, yeah. we're kind of in it for a bit now that that move happened and it, and it was public. Yeah, Visa, they bought the most popular NFT right now. They bought one of them and it was 150 grand. And I think the best tweet I saw was um, they basically said, some, like someone said, like Visa bought $150,000 NFT so that you would just talk about them. Because <laughs> like it was, it was great because they were one of the, they were, one of the first established companies to do it. There was a startup that bought one of the horses um, party round and they've been kind of playing out with it. But yeah, it's interesting. And here's some an interesting data point. There were basically the average price of the gutter cats has gone up is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like they were floor... hovering around two to three Ethereum for a bit for like since early August. And then now the average... It's not on as many sales as I'd like to see, but it, the average looks like 9.3 Ethereum. Yeah, the floor. Yeah, the so floor keeps increasing over time. I, learned, I don't think OpenSea has yeah. updated their calculation. It doesn't look like real time. Yeah, so floor for folks who don't know is basically like, what is the, like if to buy one today, what's the lowest price basically? Um, and it was, when I bought, it was like four and a half and now it's up to seven and that was like, three days ago, <laughs> two days ago, not even. So it is, it is kind of interesting. Where, where do you look for like new NFT projects, I guess? Like if I wanted to get on the ground floor of something interesting that maybe is I still think OpenSea is one of the best spots between OpenSea and Twitter. Uh, you're, you're good to go. So you go on Twitter and you see what people are talking about. You go on OpenSea and start looking at the stats. Is this thing going up or not? Cause at the end of the day, you're buying these things to make money. Yeah. I'm just going to put it out there before anyone else tries to like talk about community. I am pure of stuff. heart. I'm not about the People money. People are trying to make money, yo. They're trying to make money. It's a fun way to make money. You might lose it all, but it's a fun way to make money uh, is kind of what I would say about NFTs. If you're willing to dig in and spend the time and aren't super cynical about it, which isn't everybody, yeah. of course, because there's a lot to be cynical about for sure. And I believe it's the, well, I guess it's the collectibles drop down on OpenSea. But they have a lot of stuff. They have trading cards. I haven't explored half of this, but the collectibles one is where there's there's and I'm pr you probably search like volume and stuff like that. But so there's this thing. There's this other one I bought called Treeverse, where they're trying to make a game out of this stuff. And like I'm looking at that one. That one's blowing up too. The floor is increasing. There's just it's just going off. Um, there's a lot of options and things to potentially buy and whatnot. It's a pretty low floor. I play around. I might. <laughs> yeah. If you want to say thousands of dollars is a low floor, sure. Well, that's what I, but that's what was funny because I felt, so again, my ETH and stuff I, I purchased a long time ago, I just have sat on it. So it's kind of like, it is a little bit of like monopoly money. But yep. what really aggravated me is I like, I was like, do I do this? Ah, it's kind of expensive. Ah, ah. And then all of a sudden I like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. And then I would go through like 45 minutes of trying to figure out the freaking wallet situation. And then I finally get to the end and it's like this much ETH, single digits, parentheses, this is how much cash this is. And I was just like, oh, it's like the calories at the the restaurant where you're like, don't tell me the calories. And I was like, I ended up doing it. But yeah, Treeverse, it's like the floor is like one and a half ETH, which 
you know, is, is thousands of dollars. <laughs> but what is it? It's like you get a plot and then your tree grows on the plot, basically. You get a plot and it gets harvested at a certain point and all that stuff. So some of these things are have a lot more game mechanics kind of associated with them. So I like that. Thing. I don't know. I think it's a fun thing to do. People people love to collect things. I think that's that's a big piece of this. Yeah. Collecting JPEGs is like the new thing, apparently. So you to know, me, it's there's, almost there's, like there's a lot of data available to like look and see what you want to jump into. To me, it's almost like uh, I like the aspect of I, I like when there's a little bit of a function. Like that's what I'm kind of. I, I think it's a personal thing. Like I like the Z stuff because it's like. It's yeah, all data more to do with points, it. but it feels like you're, it's not just a community where you're like, there, let's hang out and do stuff. It's like, like this Treeverse thing. It's kind of a game. It looks like it's just interesting. Yep. That That's where things are headed. That's where things already are. They weren't even there three, four months ago, but there was a lot of talk about these kind of things. And then I think V friends was one of the first to really push a popular version of this. And then now mm-hmm. like, yeah. And also nobody talks about crypto kitties, but those were the, one of the one of the original ones. That's true. Yeah, nobody talks Dude. about it anymore. But they were they were the literally OGs. literally. I'm like, I looked up Treeverse and I was like, they have. And this is this is the extent of my should I get in? They have eighteen thousand followers on Twitter. Good sign. They have a website that is not the easiest thing to create, uh, and so it's just like. It's like okay, and it's at a, it's at an ETH ETH and a half. Like I'm gonna buy a couple plots and like go in. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, another one to look at is Cool Cat. All my I money. like Cool Cat too. They're they're cool nice. Cool Cat. Yeah, Cool Cat. Let's just use this podcast to pump up our <laughs> Cool Cat or Cool Cats. Cool Cat. Oh, Cool Cat. Cool. Sorry, Cool Cats NFT. That's what they call it. It's, it's not verified on OpenSea. Uh, yeah, it is. The one I found is like C O O L C A T S. I'm just going to send you the link so you don't get the wrong one and buy something dumb. Okay. Here you go. Check it out. They're cute. Did you send to me via iMessage? No, there's this chat in here that I can iMessage oh it. Gosh. Well. Oh, there it is. I got it. I was looking at something that had two cats. Oh, cool cats NFT. Got it. Oh, those are interesting. They're cute. Not my style. But I also bought a very expensive picture of a cat already. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was just showing you another one that <laughs> I find cool. fascinating. Yeah. Anyway, you don't have to go buy it and spend thousands of dollars. I'm not trying to get you to do that. No, no, no. It's only a couple ETH. That's how you have to think about it. I don't That's think about it like that, it. but I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do like how you make money on the increase in ETH and on the speculation of the thing. That's right. That's right. That's what I There's enjoy. a thing. There, there's a thing. This is this is not yeah. going away. It's 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 got too much intellectual fun once you start digging in and you're like, huh, this is interesting. And you can also watch and speculate without buying anything, which is also yeah. kind of interesting. Like the one I missed out on, now I'm really curious. Now I'm speculating. I'm like, huh, wonder what's going to happen to it. Which one did you miss out on? Uh, 8-Bit Universe. It was pretty cool. They're, they're building a whole 8-Bit Universe and it's like a game and you could, they just let it out and were sold out in 17 minutes. Is it 8-Bit B-A-E or 8-Bit uh, P-I-A? I don't know. It was hard to find. Oh, no. 8bituniverse.io. Yeah. 8-bit. Like just 8, the number 8. Interesting. Oh, instantly all my wallet stuff opened up. <laughs> so it's oh, the game. It's because you have to... Oh, man. This is cool. This is so interesting. I think people are going to burn out on the 8-bit stuff. I don't know. Oh, that style? Yeah, probably. There's a lot of probably, probably. There's a couple. There's a couple where I was like, "Oh, that's cool. Is that a punk? Oh no, they're calling it punks, but it's not the punk. No, it's not the official punks. Yep, interesting. A lot of that going on. All right, let's wrap this mamma jamma up. Let's do it. We talk a day.
talked about Afghanistan. We, we did. about OnlyFans, MasterCard, yep. all those types of things. And then we spent some time sounding like first timers with NFT. Not quite That's like right. old people because uh, we're like, it, we're, we're, close. We're, we're, we're at the status of old people trying to be cool and soon we'll be cool. Like we'll, we'll break through there you and, go. and be totally there cool. You go. So, yeah, it's good, man. Anything else? Nah, that, that was what we did, I believe. Awesome, man. Well, appreciate you. We'll chat next week again. Same. uh, See everybody. Bye. Peace. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you left a five-star review of this podcast or the equivalent rating wherever you listen or watch. Also, make sure to subscribe to and tell your friends about Tradeoffs, a podcast from ProfitWell Recur, the largest, fastest growing media network dedicated to the world of subscriptions.